Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. DFS, we are heading into week four. My name is Sia Najad. That right there is Mike McClure. Mike, last week, I was a little nervous about the slate. We talked about it. I was a little anxious about the slate. There weren't a lot of games I wanted to hone in on. Are you just as nervous, less nervous, or more nervous? Not that you said you were nervous. That's my word. How are you feeling about this week four slate? Well, you know, it's one of those weeks where it's going to go really, really good for me, or it's probably not going to go very well at all. I don't expect middling results like we get at times. I don't expect that at all from the way I'm attacking the slate, uh, but I'm equally excited and nervous because of who I'm playing. And for those who are not accustomed to how you build your lineups and the stances you take, you're saying that because I'm assuming your player pool is very tight and you're taking stances on, what, two or three games in particular? Definitely. And one of them is very shaky at the quarterback position because it is a value quarterback. Yes. And we might have touched on that value quarterback on Tuesday. Speaking of touching on things, we're going to touch on showdown at the very end of this show. When I say showdown, of course, I'm talking about Miami and the Bengals. We're doing this live. So if you're watching us, this content will be good from a showdown perspective for that eight o'clock game, 815 start, I believe. So stay tuned for that. But first, you know how we do it on Thursday. We got to get right into it because there's a lot of games to talk about. We have a 12 game slate. And we got a couple bangers to start off with, uh, Mike. I, I set it up to start with Jacksonville, Philly, and Buffalo at Baltimore. So let's start with that Jacksonville game. Uh, Jacksonville's minus six and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a 46-point total. It went down about a point and a half since Tuesday when we when we talked about this show initially. Um how are you feeling about this game? I mean, obviously the Eagles have been high flyers, but we can't really sell the Jaguars short. I know one of the concerns I had going into this week with this game was, well, we saw what Philly did in the dismantling of the Washington Commanders. And the idea that the Commanders couldn't push back in the second half made the Eagles take their foot off the gas a little bit. Now, I think everybody thinks, they don't know, but I think everybody thinks that Jacksonville is the more competent squad here relative to the Washington Commanders. Side note, they lost to Washington week one. With all of that said, is this a game that you're looking to stack? Obviously, I love Jalen Hurts. I like the Jalen Devontae Smith stack just like I did last week. But I am a little nervous about the run back with the um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. One quick note before you respond. Zay Jones, who I think is a great value play this week, he didn't show up to practice uh, or he didn't practice on Thursday. So something to monitor, make sure he's there tomorrow on Friday with respect to the practice report. I think he's a nice value play in this game, but give me your thoughts on this game, how you stacking it, who you playing. Yeah, first of all, I love the game, love the Philly side. It's kind of hard not to until they really disappoint us uh, to not like them in this kind of a spot. Uh, am I ready to say Jacksonville is better than Washington? No, I'm not going to say they're definitively better. Uh, I, you know, I make it 55-45 type of deal at this point until I have a larger sample size on both teams. Um, what we saw from Washington against Philly last week, definitely not representative of where Washington is, in my opinion, as a football team. Not saying they're very good, but I expect more resistance, but the resistance is actually a good thing because it'll help some of the fantasy players on the Philly side a little more. I like Jalen Hurts. Same story every week. You can play him naked. You don't need to stack Jalen Hurts when you play him. Um, 
I like AJ Brown a lot this week, though. He's going to be someone I'm going to be using a lot in tournaments. Uh, you know, some of the data that we all talk about and look at air yards. We also look at yards after the catch. I like to combine air yards and yards after the catch together. Uh, AJ Brown, absolute monster in that kind of a statistic um, up there with guys like Jalen Waddle, Cooper Cup. Stefan Diggs uh, and Mark Andrews as a tight end, uh, all fantastic fantasy players. AJ Brown is showing that he is an elite wide receiver. Yes, he's competing with Smith and Goddard and Jalen Hurts rushing, which is why he's 7,400, not 8,400 like some of those other players. Uh, but I think that he has those huge ceiling game potential. Um, and I like him in this spot. I think this one profiles as a game where the Eagles are going to be able to score enough points, but they're going to have just enough resistance to put up you know, 35, 35 points in this game by themselves. Uh, so I love AJ Brown here, Dallas Goddard, someone I'm considering at tight end. Uh, but other than that, Zay Jones was the only one I was really considering on the other side. Um, you know, in my five lineups, if I was playing 150, I could maybe get to Travis Etienne just a tiny bit. Uh, but right now it's Zay Jones. And as you mentioned, questionable, um, not, not practicing was kind of interesting today. Yeah, I, we have a really good question. Uh, first of all, a couple comments and a question in the chat. So everybody that's watching, please go ahead and hit that like button as Jay Metz has instructed us. So thank you, Jay Metz, for saying hit that like and subscribe. And for the record, go ahead and review our podcast too. Very easy to do, whether it's Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your podcast. You Like on Apple, for example, you literally just hit the show, you scroll down to the bottom and boom, you can hit five stars, you can make a comment. It literally takes about five to 10 seconds. That's including the idea of you making a comment or two. So super easy to do. Please help us out with that. That would be great. But then here's something from JT Ford. He says, fade the Jags back-to-back -back road games with second leg coast-to-coast. -coast. So we talked about this on Tuesday, Mike. Uh, how do you respond to that? Yeah, I uh, I definitely, you know, I'm not intentionally fading them. I'm kind of unintentionally fading them, but I definitely think there's something to it. It's a ridiculous travel spot for them. Uh, having they, they literally went out for the West Coast game, went back to Jacksonville, had to fly up early, uh, I assume they flew up early. Actually, I don't even know if they've flown up early. Uh, but either way, flying up the coast to Philly, um, a lot going on this week in their home state of Florida, a lot that they're dealing with, a lot on their minds as well. Uh, just definitely a spot where I could see a big letdown coming from them. Um, so I'm on Philly. I'm not on the Jacksonville side at all. Other yeah, than, so again, Zay Jones, and, and if he's available to play. Yeah, so I, I think from a fading the Jags standpoint, I think in betting circles, I think that's a really good play. I know Mike touched on that. I know um, programs that Mike and I are both on, like the Early Edge, Sportsline, uh, we're going to be talking about those games. And, and I can tell you right now, I, I like the Eagles minus six and a half. I like them in a money line parlay. I mentioned that on Tuesday as well. Uh, with that said, I, I do want to point out a couple things, especially when it comes to the Jaguars and that crazy travel schedule. The Eagles have outscored teams 72 to 21 in first halves this season. Again, it's only a three-game sample size, but given that it's such a tough spot for Jacksonville, I could absolutely, whether you're thinking of, of a bet there or whether you're thinking about DFS, I could see the Eagles jumping on Jacksonville very, very early. Um, the Jags, on the other hand, they've been very efficient scoring. I'll tell you this, though. The Eagles are allowing more through the run than through the air, so I could see a scenario where the Jacksonville Jaguars end up kind of milking a lot of clock and, and, and trying to establish the run game. Whether that's successful or not is a different story. But to the extent you can expose the Eagles this year, it's through the run game and not through the pass game. So those are just little things to consider. But this is definitely, Mike, this is a game I'm going to be stacking. I'm going to be having Jalen to A.J. Brown. I'm going to be having Jalen to Devontae Smith, who, of course, is so much more affordable and will allow me to get players in this other game that we're about to talk about, Buffalo at Baltimore. On the other side of it, though, I do like Zay Jones. I'm definitely interested in that. Obviously, Christian Kirk. And I think Travis Etienne is a slightly contrarian play. It makes a lot of sense. In, in what we think to be a negative game strip, we think he's going to get more work than James Robinson uh, with those receptions. But let's jump right into it, Mike. We've got this Buffalo at Baltimore game. I think this total has gone down a touch as well. Buffalo is a three-point favorite at Baltimore. It's a 51-point total as it sits right now. And there's there's a lot going on in this game from just a DFS standpoint, but also from an injury standpoint. And we don't have the answers on Thursday as it relates to the injuries, but we do know that the Ravens and the Bills secondaries are very much banged up, and they're certainly not going to be at full health come Sunday at 1 o'clock when this game starts. 
Now, the, the Ravens did get some good news at left tackle. It does appear that Ronnie Stanley might actually play on Sunday. That would be a big improvement over what they have uh, as it relates to the left tackle and the Ravens offensive line. Uh, we know that uh, Xavier Rhodes visited with the Bills this week and he, he got signed. That gives you an idea of the struggles that the Bills are having in their secondary, much like the Ravens. I like so much in this game. Mike, I mean, I think if I had to choose between Josh and Lamar, I think I would be on the Josh side of it. And, and I obviously like him with Diggs. I think we have to monitor Gabe Davis because his uh, practice status, you know, he, he didn't practice on Thursday with his ankle injury. So we have to monitor that. I like Gabe Davis's value, uh, notwithstanding the fact that he's not getting a ton of targets. But for me, I'm trying to figure out how to make lineups with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and a bring back. If I can afford Mark Andrews, that's great. But if the value doesn't open up, maybe I go down to a Rashad Bateman, knowing that he's not getting the targets, but he's getting he, he has been pretty efficient. And if he gets a, a couple more targets and he takes a couple of those to the house, that's very possible in this particular game. So that's sort of what I'm looking at, Mike. I'm not really looking at the running backs for, for obvious reasons. Um, I'll ask you this. What are you looking at? But, but I want to ask you first. If you had to choose a stack, Lamar to Andrews or Josh Allen to Diggs, where are you at on that? I'm going to say Lamar to Andrews only because I love Mark Andrews. And I think that even in the scenario that the Ravens aren't having a ton of success through the air, Lamar can still get there with his legs. Um, that That's kind of what I'm looking at here in this spot. So – I like them both, but I, what I want to do is I actually want to just prioritize the players in the game in the order in which I'm going to use them. Uh, number one, Mark Andrews. He is my top priority in this game. I love Mark Andrews. You know I love to play double tight end quite a bit in a lot of my builds as well. That's what I'm going to do this week. Mark Andrews is going to be in my lineup core for sure. I can tell you that right now. Uh, number two would be Lamar by just the slightest of edges, then Josh Allen, then Stephon Diggs. I don't think I'm going to play anyone else. I have slight consideration for Bateman. He's just on the fringe. On the Buffalo side, Diggs is the only one I'm playing. Uh, and I will tell you, there's one lineup that I've toyed with already that I really am starting to like more and more. And it's actually a Josh Allen QB lineup with a Mark Andrews at tight end or flex. And that's it from the game. Um it allows me to, if Mark Andrews has the game that I think he is, it allows me to capture a lot of Lamar. doesn't capture all of Lamar's upside, but it captures a median-type game from Lamar. Still gives me the upside with Josh Allen in a ceiling game for Josh Allen, which, by the way, a ceiling game from Josh Allen is going to include 50 rushing yards and potentially a rushing touchdown, right? So I'm not going to force a stack with a receiver there, and then it really frees me up to still do what I want everywhere else. Uh, so it's not really a conventional way to stack the game, but one that I am going to do this weekend because it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it certainly makes a lot of sense from a price standpoint because it is hard to fit a lot of those guys in there. And, and for those of you that are wondering, well, well, how does that work with not stacking Josh Allen with the receiver? I think Mike just explained it, but the idea, of course, would be Josh Allen would go off. Maybe he gets a rushing touchdown and some rushing yards, but he's also spreading it thin among the receiver core. So Isaiah McKenzie's getting some. Who, By the way, if Gabriel Davis is somehow out, I, I do like Isaiah McKenzie as a flyer at 5,100 in a game like this. But, you know, the idea is Isaiah McKenzie gets some, Diggs gets some, Gabriel Davis gets some. None of the receivers really have a ceiling game, but Josh Allen comes out roses because he's hitting everybody and he's getting the rushing uh, yards and touchdowns as well. So that is a very, very interesting stack there. I, I don't know that I have much more to say about this game other than just monitor the injuries. I mean, th there's also injuries on the defensive line for the Buffalo Bills. We're not sure about the status of Ed Oliver or Jordan Phillips. There's secondary issues that we're just not quite sure about. I don't know that it matters in terms of whether or not we're going to play this game, but it certainly might matter with respect to how much we're going to play this game. If certain guys are back and it, and it makes the situation a little bit better, maybe you play a little less of somebody, but I don't really think that's going to be the case here. Mike, this is all systems go in this game, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And for the record, I, I think it's really important from a roster construction standpoint to listen to what Mike said. Not that you have to do that stack, the, the, the Josh Allen with the Mark Andrews bring back. But, you know, this is a game, Mike, where a lot of people are going to be stacking, obviously. It's not exactly it's not exactly like a, a mystery that people are going to be doing Lamar to Andrews or Lamar to Bateman with a run back or that Josh Allen to Diggs with a run back. This is the type of game, though, that if, if we're right and this shoots out and it goes over the 51 point total, let's say it hits 60, which is certainly possible. This is the type of game where you want to have like 
you, you really want to be stacking this one, right? I mean, th- this is a game yep. where it's totally fair to have Josh Allen to, let's say, Isaiah McKenzie. I'm just throwing a name out here. And, and Stephon Diggs with two runbacks, with with oh, Bateman yeah. and, and Andrews, if that's, again, if that's affordable. But th- we're talking like a super stack here, right? This is, this is how you can sometimes get different in these games that a lot of people will have some pieces of. Absolutely. Yeah. So my that basically will be my two stances on it. I'll have super stack and then I'll have the unconventional skinny stack of just Allen on his own with Mark Andrews. Yep. Yeah. And again, monitor Gabriel Davis. I do think he's a nice discount. He won't get the targets of Diggs. But just keep in mind, even though we didn't have a great game last week, he did ran uh, he ran a route on 96 percent of Josh Allen drop back. So he's certainly on the field before we get to. uh perhaps a less exciting game since we started out with two amazing games from a DFS standpoint. I do want to just address a couple questions here. Brent says, any way we could get a top three uh, from Mike at all positions, including defense? I, I think that's something, Brent, um, hopefully we'll kind of be able to do as we go game by game. But I'll tell you, Mike, I think that's a pretty good idea. And, and I think that's something yeah. like maybe for future shows that maybe you and I could both, when we're doing the cheat sheet, kind of give out like not just our favorite stack, but maybe the three stacks we're most interested in, you know, and maybe the three, you know, running backs we like the most, yeah, that kind of thing. We'll have to take away a little bit, Brent, from the game-by-game preview if we do that, but I still think it's a really good idea. So um, we will figure out a way to incorporate that into future shows. Maybe you'll get a little bit of that in this show. Eric David, who I know, he's a big fan of the show. Eric and Brent and Ed, all of you with questions, please uh, go ahead and hit the like button if you haven't already. He says, if there are weather issues in the East Coast games on Sunday from the hurricane, do you take that into account when you set your DFS lineups? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Thanks for the question. So, Mike, I'll kick this to you. But, yeah, I mean, I think for sure. I don't know if there's going to be on Sunday how how this hurricane is going to be impacting any of the games. But it's certainly – I know, Mike, you're, you're big on this, right? You're big on evaluating the weather and making your changes accordingly, right? Yeah, and look, I, I've got three games listed that it could impact, but none of them significant. Uh, you know, we're talking 15, 17, 18 mile per hour winds, not enough to really have a massive impact. It, it can impact, you know, 50 plus yard field goals. It can pa- impact really, really deep passing, um, but not a massive impact. It's going to be Chicago and New York Giants. You can basically rule out the deep passing in that game for sure, having an impact because there isn't a ton of deep passing in that game. Uh, Jacksonville, Philly, a little bit. It could impact a deep ball to Devontae or A.J. Brown, I suppose. Buffalo, Baltimore, same thing. You know, Again, 15-mile-per-hour wins. Possible that they see some rain still during that, but Yes, we take it into account. No, it doesn't look like there's anything that's going to be incredibly significant at this point. All right, Eric, thank you for the question. The rest of these questions, by the way, you know, we'll try to get to these, but uh, the DFS questions are certainly going to be the priority. Uh, this isn't a DS- DFS question, but I'll answer it real quick. Start Tua or Brady. Um, I, if you asked me next week, I would probably say Brady, but this week, especially since we don't know who Brady is getting back other than Mike Evans, uh, Mike, we're going to get to showdown at the very end of the show, but you agree that this is probably a shootout on both sides of the ball in this in this Thursday night game or not necessarily from the Miami side? I mean, it should be. They should have the opportunity. I expect a neutral to negative game script for Miami the whole way. Uh, the only concern there is obviously to his injury. Short week, you know, does, does he leave the game, right? Um, which can't rule it out. Um, but yeah, as far as Brady's projection versus Tua... Um, I'll lean to a fair enough. I'm going to lean to a as well. Um, I, uh, before we get to this Washington Dallas game, which I know there's some pieces we like in this one, uh, a, a little embarrassment on the NFL last week. I mean, Tua checking back into that game, I thought was a pretty awful look. And the idea that the NFL hasn't already come down on the dolphins and maybe suspended Tua for a game, not that it's Tua's fault necessarily the team let him back in, but this is just my editorializing here. It's not, has nothing to do with like football or what we're talking about, but he clearly had a concussion bad enough where he wiggled and fell to the ground. And it's just such a bad look. And I think the NFL would have been wise to, instead of saying they're launching an investigation, to just make a call right there because it's obvious to anybody who was watching that game that uh, Tua had a a concussion. All right, Washington plus three and a half at Dallas. Washington was just deplorable last week, but they still have some pieces that have some fantasy value, namely for me, and we're not going to spend too much time on this game, but Curtis Samuel is just a guy that continues to be priced in a way that he continues to have value. So I still like Curtis Samuel. We, we have him at 5,700. So he's kind of gone up 
And this is a low-scoring game. So, Mike, I do want to ask you if you like Curtis Samuel. I know you like CeeDee Lamb because we talked about him on the Tuesday show. And for the record, his target shares over the first three weeks, 27%, 37%, and 40%. So he is getting a lot of the targets, and he's getting about 50% of the air yards too, which is pretty amazing. Uh, Samuel Curtis Samuel last week, 7 of 10. In other words, 7 catches on 10 targets uh, for 48 yards. He had a few rushing attempts too, which we know he can sometimes do. Mike, do you like a skinny stack here with Curtis Samuel and CeeDee Lamb? I know you're playing CeeDee Lamb, or I think I think you are from Tuesday. Is that the only piece you're taking from this game? Yeah, it's mostly just a CeeDee Lamb game for me. Uh, if you want to force the this, this skinny stack with Curtis Samuel, I think it's fine. Uh, the issue is, is I, I'm playing guys like Saquon Barkley. I'm playing Mark Andrews, things like that. So at 5,700, there's not a ton of room left. Um, I think the question you have to ask yourself I'm definitely playing CD, but on the Samuel side, uh, Curtis Samuel or Tyler Lockett against the Lions? Uh, 5,900 for Tyler Lockett. It, you, you've really only, based off my roster construction, you've got room for one of the two. Um, and just that overall game environment, I prefer Lockett side of that. So I'm not going to be using a bring back of any kind. It's just going to be CD by himself. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I mean, as reliable as Curtis Samuel is, his ceiling isn't what Tyler Lockett's is in the game he's going to be playing, which we'll get to in a second. Um, Seattle, of course, is at Detroit, and that's going to be a pretty exciting game from a fantasy DFS standpoint. But no, I, I don't think we need to spend too much more time on this game, to be honest with you. I, I don't think any of the running backs are in play for me. Obviously, the Pollard-Zekiel-Elliott situation isn't really hashed out, so I, I don't think you can really spend the money there. Antonio Gibson, we're, we're not going there. I don't think McLaurin, especially in a game like this with a 41.5 point total, uh, not in play. So uh, to me, it's it's CD and or Curtis or nothing in this game. Uh, I'm surprised the line's only 3.5, by the way. It was 3 about an hour ago. It's 3.5 now. I, I genuinely, even with Cooper Rush at quarterback, who for the record looks really good and would look a lot better if CD Lamb could catch some footballs. But I, I would have opened this honestly at 6.5, given that it's Dallas at home. Mike, can I ask you real quick? 3.5 seems light to you, right? Yeah, so I played it at three. It was one of my best bets of the week. Dallas minus three. Played that on Tuesday. Uh, my simulation number on this, the closest I can get at making massive assumptions uh, on the other side is four and a half. My true number is five, three. Uh, so over five full points is the the number uh, for Dallas in this one. And again, I agree with you. You can make assumptions to get this all the way uh, closer to seven. So yes, uh, three is not enough in this situation. And Mike, real quick, because I know you do stuff for um, uh, pretty you, a lot of your work is on Sportsline. But did you give that out on the Mega Preview on Tuesday on the Early Edge? I did. Yes. Yep. And that's a free show, right? That is a free show every right. Tuesday. I believe it is at five four thirty Eastern. Four thirty Eastern. Yeah. All right. So catch the early edge if you're not already subscribed. I, I keep mentioning that show because it, it just has so much value to it. The free show, the stuff behind the paywall at Sportsline. It's just truly, truly incredible. Love that play at three. Still love it at three and a half. All right. Speaking of three, this line was three. Chicago at the New York Giants, 39 and a half point total. But it's now down to two and a half. So I guess the Bears are taking money for some reason. Uh, you know, there's a couple chalky guys or potential chalk here. And then I, I'm not sure if we're interested in anything else. As, as everybody knows who listens to this show, and, and those of you that are watching right now, again, please hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. But we're not going to spend time on games where we don't need to spend a ton of time. I mean, obviously, we spent a lot of time on that Bills game, good amount of time on that uh, Jacksonville Eagles game. I don't know that we need to spend a lot of time on this, but I do think there's some interesting plays here, Mike. And I know you're interested in a couple value plays. I'll start. Khalil Herbert, obviously, if David Montgomery is out, which it's certainly looking like that's going to be the case. I mean, 5,700 is, is a kind of a steal considering what Khalil Herbert, what we know he can do and what he showed us he could do last week, scoring two touchdowns, a buck 50, no total yards. The guy was amazing, super efficient. I, I think Saquon Barkley is obviously in play here against that Chicago Bears defense. I know you don't typically like to correlate running back versus running back. I wonder if there would be an exception here given the Khalil Herbert value or the value that I, that I see. We did have a listener ask about uh, Daniel Bellinger. He, he tweeted me about it. I, I don't think he's on your radar, but he's 2,800. So if he is, please let us know. What are you liking in this game? Yeah, he's not really on my radar uh, as far as Bellinger, but uh, Saquon, love Saquon. He's going to be one of my highest owned players uh, until the price gets out of control, which it probably will be after this game uh, or until he's injured and limited again. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing him. So 
I love Saquon in the spot. You ask an interesting question because we don't typically like the negative correlation of running back, running back in terms of running back on one team, running back on the other team. However, there was one spot that I've done it this season, and it was in a game just like this. It was Houston and Chicago last week. Unfortunately, David Montgomery got hurt, and Clear Herbert crushed, as did Damian Pierce. So this is a similar situation where I would take both of them in the same lineup again. Um, but the absolute priority at running back is Saquon Barkley. And then from this game, my favorite wide receiver of the week, even in terms of value, is Richie James for the New York Giants, $4,000. And is that partly because we got these receivers kind of falling like flies? Uh, obviously, Sterling Shepard, such an unfortunate injury, non-contact. He's out for the year after coming back from a, a pretty horrific injury. Uh, we know that you know, Kenny Galladay isn't offering much. And it's, you know, you had that bet on David Sills, which came through on Monday night, but he's obviously not like a target monster necessarily. So it, it seems to me that at the, at the receiver position, it's like Richie James and everybody else at this point. Yeah, it's Richie James and everybody else at this point. And I hate to even say this out loud, but the way he runs too, I'm very worried about him getting injured as well. Uh, he's returning punts for them too, which is just, it, it makes me a little nervous. Um, but yes, it's Richie James show. Uh, David Sills, I'll play him potentially. He's the bare minimum $3,000. Um, generally in that spot, you know, we look for a little more volume. He's got the volume in terms of running routes and playing snaps, but he does certainly does not in terms of target share. So it's Richie James or bust. Uh, and yeah, I'm playing Richie James everywhere on, on DraftKings. All right. Very, very interesting play there. Um, I'll probably be all aboard that as well, at least in some of my lineups. I do like the value there. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be on Khalil Herbert and Saquon Barkley. Not necessarily in the same lineup, but I'm not going to be afraid to do that uh, this particular week if, if it, the roster construction just ends up that way. Again, that's only a 39.5 point total. But the good news there is you don't want to necessarily just look away from these low totals, especially if you think the target share and the rushing attempt share is going to be concentrated. And Mike just spelled out for you why Richie James is a good play, because he thinks that Richie James is going to get a, a, a large concentration, a large share percentage of those targets. And I think you can say the same about Khalil Herbert and, of course, Saquon Barkley. And there is a question here about uh, Khalil Herbert. What about, and it's from KC Chiefs 320. Thank you for watching please hit the like button he says what about Ebner ad as a pivot off Herbert if the ownership is high um that's a flat no uh to me we, we don't we haven't seen enough from Ebner and we've seen a lot from Khalil Herbert uh in terms of uh how the Bears are going to use those running backs uh, Mike you agree with my answer yeah definitely 100 percent. all right thanks for the question though okay let's go to a game Mike that I'm going to kind of kick it over to you because I know this is a game that you're going to have a lot of pieces of and it makes a lot of sense it's Seattle plus four at Detroit this total is 48. I believe it went down about a point, a point and a half since our Tuesday show. For context, Detroit scoring the second most points in the NFL this year so far. Again, that's only through three weeks, but that offense does not look like it's stopping anytime soon. The flip side of that for Detroit is that they're allowing the most points in the NFL this year. So they're scoring the second most and they're allowing the most, which is why they're one and two and not three and oh. So they are setting up, I believe the the totals in their games. I mean, if you just look at the averages, it's I think they're scoring around 31 a game and they're allowing just under 32. So obviously their totals are going berserk. Now you get Seattle, which is a very interesting team for a couple reasons. We saw them kind of shoot out with Atlanta. We saw Geno Smith kind of let it go against Atlanta last week. But we also know this team is generally a slow-paced team. And, you know, they were pretty slow-paced last week, but just, you know, they, they don't run a lot of plays per game. And we know they like to run the ball. So I think there's a lot of things sort of conflicting here. But what I also know is that the total is 48. So Vegas and guys like Mike McClure think this game is going to shoot out, kind of have that back-and-forth feel that Atlanta had with Seattle last week. Uh, I'll, before I kick it to you, Mike, I do want to point out that Josh Reynolds returned to practice. He's 4,600 in this game. He returned to practice on Thursday, but DJ Shark didn't practice on Thursday. So keep that in mind, something to monitor along with Amon Ross St. Brown's ankle injury, something to monitor. We don't think DeAndre Swift is going to play. So there are some kind of tertiary pieces that are definitely going to be in play this week. How are you playing this game, Mike? Well, uh, I'm playing Geno Smith. I like Geno Smith at 5,400. I'm pairing him with Tyler Lockett. That allows me to play the other guys that I really like, like Mark Andrews, Saquon Barkley, Stefan Diggs, things like that, right? So I like Geno Smith a lot. Um, this game profile is similar to last week for them. It has shootout written all over it, just like Atlanta matchup did. 
Uh, we have another game from last season that was also profiled the same way, and that was when they played Jacksonville in Week 8, where he was the starting quarterback. Put up 22.6 DraftKings points in that game. Put up 22.9 DraftKings points against Atlanta. Love this spot because one thing that the Lions have is a good offense. We can pretty consistently count on the Lions to put up enough points to make games interesting. So, yes, I love Geno Smith here. I'm pairing him with Tyler Lockett because of what it allows me to play around them. Uh, and part of that is Jamal Williams. He's the free square this week, $6,100, going to be the most popular player on the slate. I'm still going to play him in cash games for sure. Um, but, yeah, that's where it starts. It's going to be uh, – a lot of Tyler Lockett, mostly paired with Geno Smith, got a little Jamal Williams, and then I'll sprinkle in some DK Metcalf, potentially a little Hawkinson, um, and that's pretty much it for this game. Do you think this game is going to be, obviously it's not going to be as popular as games like the Bills and and the uh, Ravens, probably not as popular as the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles. Is this going to be like the third or fourth most popular game though? in your opinion, or are people just not going to get there because it, at the end of the day, it's Geno Smith and they don't really believe in that part of it? I don't think people believe in that part of it yet. So I think there'll be two isolated players um, and, and that's going to be Jamal Williams and Tyler Lockett. I think Lockett, the that part of it's kind of obvious enough um, at 5,900, especially if you're playing the running back on the other side, you, you kind of want you know some targets with some upside on the other side. So I think those two are going to be pretty popular, mostly because... Uh, Jamal Williams is going to be the most popular player on DraftKings for the entire week. Um, so that's why, but I don't think you're going to see a ton of game stacks. I think you're going to see those individual pieces of Jamal Williams, Tyler Lockett, and then people are going to force in a, uh, a Josh Allen lineup is going to be kind of the standard cash game lineup. All right. Well, we're going to talk about plenty more games, but uh, we are going to go to a break. But before we do that, for the new listeners that have come in, please hit the like button. And also, please register for our FFT DFS contest. It's 200 deep again this week. We're going to try to expand it, but um, for now, it's going to be 200. So that it's been filling up really fast. I think we only have like 40 or 50 spots left. So you can find the link in this in this YouTube description, or you can find it if you just go to the podcast and, and you click on the podcast, the link is right below it. So definitely click in that. It's only $5 to enter, top 20 get paid, super fun. And if you win, of course, we showcase your lineup on this very show on Tuesday when we do our lineup recap and we do our early look, which of course next week will be our early look for week five. But first, uh, before we get to um, our next game, which is going to be the New York Jets at the Pittsburgh Steelers, let's hear a word from our partners. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Mike, so we have some great games to talk about, and we have some less exciting games to talk about. But this New York Jets at Pittsburgh Steelers game, I believe there might be a piece or two that is interesting to you. Uh, Full disclosure, I'm probably off of this one. It's the New York Jets plus three and a half at the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a 41 and a half point total. Zach Wilson is playing in this game. So the Flacco show is over. Zach Wilson is back. You know, questions I ask myself in this game, do I want to be early to the Elijah Moore show, which we know Zach Wilson loves Elijah Moore. Um, Tyler Conklin getting a ton of targets. Does that continue with Zach Wilson? My guess is yes, but, you know, obviously we'll have to wait and see. Najee Harris, though, Mike, I know he's a guy that you like to play. He's looked good the the last couple of weeks that I've watched him. Is he on your radar at 6,700 or is this just an avoid game altogether? Yes. Yeah, he's on the radar. He's at the fringe of making the player pool. Um, not quite there yet though. Uh, mostly because the guy that I actually should have mentioned in the last game we talked about, uh, Rashad Penny has worked his way into my player pool on the Seattle side just a little bit. Um, and that's kind of replacing 
uh, where Najee was going to be. Uh, so he's fringe playable. Um, probably need to be playing 10 lineups to get there, not five. But never going to say you can't play him. Same goes for Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, if you think the Jets put up some resistance in this game, I, I think that they could turn into very serviceable plays. Uh, I think that the idea that we see big ceiling games from either is, is probably not realistic. I, I think that we might see 15 to 20 fantasy points. I think the 25 to 30 fantasy point games are pretty unlikely from both of them. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Rashad Penny because I think he's very interesting. I think, you know, most people are like, well, is it going to be Rashad Penny or is it going to be Kenneth Walker? At this point, it, it looks like it's Rashad Penny. He played uh, around 70% of the snaps last week. Again, that would be week three. And I do think if you wanted to fade this game, not that it's going to be some super crazy fade, right? But there are people playing this game. I do think just getting that Rashad Penny piece makes a little bit of sense because if Seattle can establish the run against a Detroit team that is really quite bad against the run, and we know that's probably how Seattle's going to start, especially if they can grab a lead early, you could see one of those ceiling penny games that we saw quite a few times late last season. So I, I'm glad you brought up Rashad Penny because and I think somebody in the chat brought him up as well. I think he's a really sneaky play to just get in, in this game and get out of it with a Rashad Penny. Again, I know that's not how you're stacking it, Mike, but I think that's an interesting sort of opportunity there to, to get a piece of this high scoring game with one of the running backs. Let's move on, though. We've got the Los Angeles Chargers who Frankly, we, we don't know what's going on with the Chargers, right? They, they don't look like the same team that we thought they were going to be. Now they're down Rashawn Slater at left tackle. So they're starting, I believe, at this point, their third string left tackle because their second string just didn't cut it for them last week. So they're having some issues on the offensive line. We're having some issues with Eckler's production, particularly in the rushing game. It's it's A lot of it is the Sony Michelle and the Joshua Kelly show. This is, you know, Chargers are still favored by five which honestly, I think that number is kind of high. The total here is 44 points. Are, are you liking anything in this game? I thought Eckler would be a good contrarian play, but when I looked at ownership, Mike, it looked like people were actually playing Eckler this week. Yeah, I think some people are going to be gravitating towards Eckler. Uh, you know, the, the Chargers obviously have to win this game, uh, you know, for their season going forward here. Uh, the outlook is pretty bleak overall for the Cardinals, Cardinal, Cardinals Chargers. Um I can get to Eckler, but like you, I want to get Eckler at single-digit ownership. I don't think that's going to happen in this spot. He's got an incredibly high floor. We've essentially seen his floor for three straight weeks. Um, now, he he's one that I'm more likely to play than Najee now just because I think that the ceiling is still there. Uh, I think it's very clearly still there. I think that he can score 30 fantasy points pretty easily. Uh, based on what we've seen so far. So I'm not taking him out of my player pool, but he's certainly not a priority. I think he's a great pivot, though, from Saquon. Would you think, okay, so just speaking of pivots, I, I, like, can you can you just real check, uh, real quick check uh, Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey's uh, ownership? And again, it's Thursday afternoon, so you know this this is worth what it is on a Thursday. But are, are those guys going to be? It looked like CMC was going to be pretty popular, but I didn't check Jonathan Taylor. How are the, how's their ownership looking? Yeah, CMC is going to be popular. Jonathan Taylor is going to be about the same ownership as Austin Eckler and Najee Harris. I have them both between twelve and thirteen percent. All three of them, twelve and thirteen percent. Among those, I feel like for me. Uh, given the matchup and all the other considerations that Jonathan Taylor would be my favorite to pivot to, certainly the most expensive as well. But leaving Price out of it, would you agree with that statement? 100%. I love Jonathan Taylor this week. We haven't got to that yet, but mm -hmm. uh, he he's someone I will be playing in a standalone format. I, I think this is the Jonathan Taylor 100-yard, two-touchdown game. I love it. All right. And as I look at sort of the the players in this Chargers game, you know, I'm not really seeing a ton of value. And again, we don't really know what Justin Herbert's status is. Uh, Damian Pierce at 5,600. Does, does that interest you at all? I mean, obviously he was just, I think, a flat 5K last week. Yeah. It, you know, look, he, he got in the end zone. That, that changes everything, right? Um, volume is there. Volume could potentially be there like that again um, in this spot, but I'm not going to do it. I honestly would rather take a shot on Josh Jacobs at 5,500. I'd rather even play Rashad Penny a little bit. Um, just Pierce has got so much attention and name value right now from the preseason and heading into this spot that I, I'm not going to play him. I don't like this game. Yeah. 
Fair enough. So let's go to a game that I think is really interesting. So, Mike, I think your game that that's like, you know, the stackable game that not a lot of people are necessarily going to be on, notwithstanding the high total, is that Seattle game. I think mine is this game. Cleveland minus one at Atlanta, 47 and a half point total. I haven't really decided how much of this game I'm going to be playing, but let's be real about these defenses. They're just they're just not good. Like this, you, you talked about a two touchdown, hundred yard or whatever, whatever type of game for Jonathan Taylor. Well, like, like I'm almost like pretty sure Nick Chubb is going to have that game, which is, sounds ridiculous, right? But like Nick Chubb against this defense, the, the Browns have been so efficient. I mean, when they get Deshaun Watson back, I mean, I think this team is going to be really feared, at least offensively, because Jacoby Brissett's playing pretty well. Amari Cooper's getting his, Nick Chubb is getting his, Kareem Hunt's averaging 15 touches per game. In fact, I think he has 15 touches per game through the first three weeks of the season, like exactly 15. So, but the point is Hunt can get his 15 touches. Chubb is still getting his touches. He's still getting his work. He's highly efficient. I do like Mariota. He's not a ton of pass attempts from him, but Cleveland might force his hand a little bit more this week. And we know he has some rushing equity. I think a Mariota stack with let's say Drake London and a Nick Chubb bring back. I don't hate that. Do you? Oh, I don't hate it at all. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned it. So I, I've got four quarterbacks, five, excuse me. I got all five of them, which is typically what I do. I don't always play all five. I will play all five in a combination of the five lines between DraftKings and FanDuel. But Mariota is one of them. It's Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Marcus Mariota, and Jalen Hurts. Those are my five guys. Um, I, I like them. So I honestly, I like a lot on the Cleveland side. I'm glad you mentioned Nick Chubb. Would you be interested if I told you Nick Chubb is currently projecting for less than 5% ownership at this price point? Because I know I am. I am definitely playing Nick Chubb in a tournament this week. Yeah, I, I like you have to play him. I mean, everybody listening, like this is what GPPs are all about. You get a guy that has a ceiling like Nick Chubb in a game like this, and that's why his ceiling is even higher than it is normally. And he's, let's say, tracking it. Let's say even if it's 5 6%, that is – that is amazing leverage on the field. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm going to have to force Nick Chubb in a lot of my lines. We'll see how ownerships kind of matriculates as as we get towards Sunday. Maybe people will play pay attention. But the reality is, we we always have this bias against guys like Nick Chubb and even Rashad Penny, right? Because they don't catch passes, and we know we want to look for running backs that can catch passes. Well, how's that working out for you with Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler? You know, the the yep. ceiling games two weeks ago. Mike, you were on here saying, I would play Nick Chubb over Leonard Fournette. And I'm positive that people thought you were crazy for that very reason. Because A, Fournette's getting, he doesn't have to split the backfield. But B, he's also getting a lot of the passing work. Well, for those of you, I think somebody on, on Twitter last week called me an idiot because Leonard Fournette was was my um, tournament fade. And not that I care that somebody called me an idiot, but it's just my point is the conventional wisdom is, well, you, you know, you got to play these these guys who are catching passes and not the ones that are just run, just strictly rushing the ball, which Nick Chubb generally is doing. So I think Nick Chubb is, is an amazing play in this game. It probably keeps me off Kareem Hunt, especially if Nick Chubb isn't going to be popular in the first place. Let me ask you this. Is this the type of game where you would force a second run back with, uh, with the Browns like Amari Cooper, who's getting so much volume, or you're just investing in Nick Chubb getting all of the touchdowns? Uh, no, I like them. Uh, they may not be forcing on bringbacks and stacks, but individual plays. Amari Cooper is definitely in my player pool. Very similar to CeeDee Lamb, very similar to Tyler Lockett. We know the kind of upside he possesses. The target share is absolutely there. Atlanta has shown enough offensively that makes us think this game can also be incredibly competitive. If you don't think that's the case, look at the line on the game as well. That should tell you a lot about how competitive this game could be as well. Uh, so I love Amari Cooper. And then the other guy I love is David Njoku, $3,700 tight end. It's a road game. I was incredibly encouraged with the targets that I saw last week. What did he have? Mm -hmm. Double-digit targets? Yeah, 10 targets, nine receptions, 89 yards, one touchdown. Not saying we're expecting that again. That's probably not going to happen again this season, right? However, just showing that he's capable and has the ability to rack up that many targets in, in a spot where – like, look at Amari Cooper's box score from that game as well. Also, 11 yeah. targets. Like, those car targets are becoming incredibly concentrated there uh, from Cleveland. So, at $3,700, I will gladly jump in on David Njoku on the road in this spot. When I know that I like to play two tight ends, I can play Mark Andrews and Flex. Looks just like a wide receiver wearing a tight end's jersey, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I like David Njoku also at 3700 
Yeah, we saw his target share last week, and he was so incredibly efficient. Nine receptions on on 10 targets for 89 yards and a touchdown. But the last two weeks, Amari Cooper has, has also soaked up 36% of the targets. And, and for the record, Atlanta's not very good against wide receiver one. So there is a lot to say for the pass catchers in this game, not just Nick Chubb. So you, you, you decide how you want to do that. Maybe you play a couple lineups, one with Chubb one with the pass catchers, maybe in in the silver bullet in the Millie or something. You play Jacoby with the two pass catchers, which sounds ridiculously crazy, but also it's crazy to play that Millie maker if you're not maxing it out. So I'm just throwing that out there. You may as well, if you're going to throw a lineup in there, it may as well be crazy. All right. Speaking of crazy, we just talked about how Jonathan Taylor might go crazy in this Tennessee Colts game. This is only a 43-point total. Tennessee is on the road, plus three and a half. They're three and a half point dogs at the Indianapolis Colts. I really only have one play in this game, and it is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, anybody else you like and tell us you know, how much you like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it's Jonathan Taylor for me. Um, you, I would say Derrick Henry too, but I'm not going to play him in the same lineup uh, just because of the price points. But Derrick Henry has become incredibly involved in the passing game. At least he's showing signs that he could, uh, which would be a welcome addition for him. But for me, it's all about Jonathan Taylor. Um, he has a ton of explosive runs. The Titans give up a ton of explosive runs. I would expect that to continue here in this spot. So, yeah, I love me some Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not interested in in playing Michael Pittman on this slate at 7,200. I'll point out that Robert Woods got a lot of work last week. I don't know that I want to count on that uh, this week, but he is 5,200. And Traylon Burks, you know, he hasn't really gotten the volume that we think he should get, but he is running all the routes. So he is running routes on pretty much all of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks. So there will be the bust-out game from Traylon Burks. Is it this week? Maybe. Do you want to take the chance on it at 4,700? You know, maybe he, he could get loose, but I don't think I'm going to get anywhere with those receivers. Either of those two interest you, though? Not really. Um, the Giants wide receivers, you know, plug your nose, but they're they're cheap enough that I, I'm going to I'm going to stay in that range. So it's Jonathan Taylor in this game or Derrick Henry. That's it for me. All right. Well, we are going we got two more games and then we're going to go to our cheat sheet. So let's get started with. Arizona at Carolina. Uh, Arizona is actually a dog at Carolina, which I, I well, they're, they're, they were a two-point dog. Now they're a one-and-a-half-point dog. It's a 43-and-a-half-point total. Listen, you all have heard me on this show. I think Zona is horrific. I, I, I knew, I, I felt like I knew they were not going to cover against the Rams last week. That bet ended up hitting for me. They've been outscored. Speaking of being outscored in first halves, I mentioned it with the Eagles, how they've outscored teams 72-21 in the first half. Zona's been outscored 56-13 to in first halves this season, which is pretty incredible. Um, they're also just – they're not throwing the ball downfield, Mike. You know, we we yeah. we envision Kyler Murray as this guy who's going to, like, explode and throw it to Marquise Brown a, a few times, take some shots. It's just not happening. I, I don't really – necessarily have an explanation for that listen Marquise Brown got plenty of volume last week that's great and he had a great game I don't know that I can count on that volume what I I really want to count on is Kyler running around a bit which he's not doing Kyler airing it out which he's not doing maybe this is the week he breaks out I'm not counting on it and and for the record I think the Carolina defense is is pretty good through the air and and through the run I I don't think this is going to be in fact I kind of like the under in this game of 43 with all that said any pieces you like in this game not really. Um, I, full disclosure, have a lot of exposure to Arizona and betting side, um, mm. all through teasers at two and a half and two, uh, which brings them to eight, eight and a half. I feel pretty confident in those legs. Uh, I do make them the favorite in this game still by a point. Um, I'm not playing anything in DFS, so if you want to play Kyler Murray, go for it. Maybe you'll be the week that he decides to run the football again and has 74 rushing yards and a touchdown, uh, which is what he's basically going to need. 16 to 20 points, not going to get it done at his salary. You need the 30 to 35 fantasy point game. And what's missing from that is the rushing upside. So I'm mostly off here. Um, if you're playing a Millie maker, that kind of thing, you could play Kyler and stack one or two of the pass catchers. Never going to fault you, no matter how awful they look for 10 straight weeks. He has the talent still. Um, so I'm from that standpoint, it's always okay. All right. Um, Christian McCaffrey, quad injury, um, but it looks like he's trending towards playing, but that's definitely a situation to keep an eye on with uh, Christian McCaffrey. LaVisca Chenault may not play in this game. You know, if CMC is is banged up and LaVisca doesn't play, I think you could maybe look to DJ Moore for a breakout game. But man, that is 
it's tough to count on that given the the state of the offense and, and what Baker Mayfield looks like. Uh, Connor was limited in practice on Thursday, but he's trending towards playing. And it looks like Rondell Moore is going to play as well. He's trending towards playing. So for all of you that have been just jamming in Greg Dorch into your lineups, you probably weren't going to do that this week anyway, but you may want to avoid that because if Rondell gets on the field, him and, and Dorch will be kind of um, trading off snaps. Uh, let's get to the next game. Oh, we have two more games. I'm sorry. New England at Green Bay. I know you mentioned on Tuesday that, um, let's see, not A.J. Dillon, but who am I forgetting? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Okay. Which I think he was 7,400, right? Yeah, 7,500. That Aaron Jones was somebody you were considering in this game. It's only a 40 and a half point total. New England's a nine and a half point dog. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm out on this game for the most part. I'm not going to play Romeo Dobbs. The one guy I think I might play is Robert Tunyon. I, I just liked how many targets and how efficient he was last week. I think he could be sneaky at 3,500. Outside of that, I, I just, I'm not really interested here. How about you? Yeah, I'm not interested here. Um, you could play Aaron Jones. I don't even think it's necessary now. Um, I thought it might be in large tournaments, and you could still get there in tournaments, but uh, I'm not going to play him. I still like him. I, I think the the market that I wish that existed would be, can I just straight up bet on Aaron Jones to outscore Christian McCaffrey? Obviously, a, a pretty significant plus money. That is something I'd be interested in doing this week. Uh, it doesn't exist. If someone has it and I don't know about it, send it to me, please. I'd like to get some money down on it. But yeah, I think it's got the potential to have a repeat of what Aaron Jones did against Chicago, put up 35 DraftKings points. I think that's possible here in this kind of a game script where they are expected to dominate. Um, I just don't know that it's necessary to get there because there could be the scenario where he ends at 8 to 10 fantasy points in this game if he doesn't find the end zone and Rodgers connects through the air early in this game or we see a defensive touchdown, which is very possible. Um so I'm going to avoid it as much as I think Aaron Jones could have a very big week. Interesting. Uh, when you said touchdown, it reminded me of something real quick. I have a random prediction in this Eagles game. I'm going to play the Eagles defense a little bit and sort of fade this sort of narrative that the Jags are offense is, is, is what people think it is. I'm predicting a Darius Slay touchdown. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm predicting a Darius Slay touchdown. I know it's completely random, but it's just a thought that that occurred to me a, a few minutes ago. Um, as far as Romeo Dobbs, I do want to point out that the receiver core is getting a little bit healthier. I mean, obviously, Tunyon's getting healthy, which is great, but it looks like Christian Watson is going to be back. Um, we'll wait and see on Alan Lazard, and uh, who I think is playing, of course, and uh, Randall Cobb. But any interest in, real quick, at Ramondre Stevenson at 5,200? Pretty low price, maybe a changing of the guard, maybe some passing script with Brian Hoyer as the quarterback with some dump-offs to Ramondre. 5,200, it's a reasonable price, at least. It's a reasonable price point, at least. Um, the game script's ugly. If you think he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game with Hoyer, go for it. Um, I'm not going to do it. Fair enough. All right. Let's get to our last game. This one's a little interesting to me. Denver plus two and a half at Las Vegas. We know Las Vegas is 0-3. They're better, they're better than an 0-3 team, but this is like we're now in like must-win territory. Hunter Renfro did not practice. It is Thursday. And he is in concussion protocol. So uh, my experience with this concussion protocol in terms of evaluating it is if you didn't practice Wednesday and you didn't practice Thursday and you're still in the concussion protocol, you're not playing on Sunday. I believe he's still in the protocol. Maybe I'm making that part up, but I believe he's still in the protocol. He hasn't practiced. I don't think he's playing, which yeah. means return of the Mac, right? I mean, I, Mac Hollins at 4,200 seems like a, a great play. It's a 45 and a half point total. We know Devontae's going to get fed, but outside of that, it's been Hollins and, and a little bit of Waller, right? Yeah. Um, you know, look, I said I wasn't going to play Matt Collins. I was under the assumption that Hunter Renfro was back. He does not appear to be back. It looks like he saw Tua take a hit, and he's like, I'm going to serve Tua's concussion protocol for him. So he's probably not playing here. So I do like him. He's going to be in my player pool again once, you know, as long as Renfro is ruled out, he's got to be in your player pool, in my opinion. So, yeah, I like him. Love Devontae Adams. Going to keep playing Devontae Adams. He's still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Um, yeah, I expect something similar to what we saw against the Chargers. I, I expect them to, you know, this is a home game, a division game, frankly, a must-win game. If this team doesn't win this game, they can kiss the playoffs goodbye in the division that they're playing in. It, it's going to be almost impossible for them to make the playoffs if they do not win this football game. Um they spent all those resources trying to get Devontae. Devontae's going to get targeted in this game. No doubt about that. I love Devontae. Any pieces on the Broncos side? I mean, obviously, I think it's really hard to 
predict the Javante Melvin split. So I think I'm going to stay away from that. If if Javante was like 6,100 and not 6,600, I think I'd consider it. I mean, he certainly has a ceiling against this Raiders defense. But on the receiver side, if we're playing Matt Collins on one side, certainly don't need to skinny stack it or anything. But A, are you interested in a stack on the Derek Carr side? And B, do Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy at 6,400 and 5,500 interest you at all? Yes. So I'm very interested in the Derek Carr stack. That's the one uh, quarterback that I'm potentially going to get onto based off of ownership. Um, You know, what we've seen from him, 16, 18, 23 fantasy points, about as low as it can go, really. He only had 302 yards, two touchdowns in each game. But we've seen him many times have a 300 plus yard game, three touchdowns, that kind of game. At 5,800, I absolutely love that. And as far as the bring back, I love Cortland Sutton. So I've mentioned multiple players this week that I think are all similar that have 100-yard, 10-catch, and two-touchdown upside. Cortland Sutton's one of them. The others that I've mentioned, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett. Those four wide receivers have the upside of a Devontae Adams, of a Stephon Diggs, of a Cooper Cup in any given week. It's not likely, but they truly have that upside and I like all of them in these individual matchups. So for me, it would be Cortland Sutton on the bring back. All right. And by the way, speaking of receivers, uh, we, I was informed in our, in our chat that it looks like Keenan Allen might've left practice today with a hamstring injury. So let me just ask you if that's the case. And if he's out, I mean, that's super unfortunate. If he's out on Sunday, does it make you maybe like to do, do Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett come into play there? Or are you just avoiding that situation altogether? Uh, Palmer does. I need to see the depth chart and see who is also up next because Jalen Guyton had torn his ACL as well. He's already out. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine. I would imagine DeAndre Carter would get some looks there if yeah. that's the case. I believe that's the name I was searching for. I would. Be, I think it would be a DeAndre Carter show. Um, mm. I could get behind it. I could get behind it if Keenan is for sure ruled out here. Uh, you know, the the question becomes like, what are they doing with Herbert? If Keenan Allen's out, the left tackle's out, like yeah. they've already lost these games. Like if he's actually hurt like we think he is, man, like why why is he playing? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I think that might move some ownership towards uh, Austin Eckler. But at the same time, I just wonder about the um, – the red zone opportunities and just the high value opportunities that the Chargers are going to have in that game, even against the terrible Texans defense. So something to consider. We'll have to monitor these injuries as we get closer to Sunday. But Mike, are you ready to get to our cheat sheet? I'm ready for the cheat sheet. Let's do it. All right. So I'll, I'll give it a start. So I'm going to give out um, a few stacks, but I'll give out my favorite one, Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. And we talked about that at the front end of the show. Um, I absolutely love what Josh Allen, what I believe he's going to do, especially coming off a loss, the bills coming off a loss. I, I just really like them kind of, really getting after it against this Baltimore Ravens defense and secondary that is just banged up and, and allowing so much through the air. So give me Josh Allen to Diggs. I'll point out if I'm going to if I'm going to name a couple stacks that I like beyond that. Uh Jalen to Devon Jalen Hurst to Devonta Smith and Mariota to Drake London is 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 a couple stacks I like. Um my chalk play is going to be Khalil Herbert. I imagine he's going to be super chalky as we get to Sunday. Uh, if David Montgomery is out, if miraculously David Montgomery is in, I'll be happy to change that chalk play and we'll change the cheat sheet. The value play, return of the Mac. That's Mac Hollins at 4,200. Absolutely love him and a must win for Las Vegas. He's proven it so far and I, and I like him quite a bit. Uh, my contrarian plays Devontae Smith only because it doesn't look like people are going back to him uh, ownership wise, at least not yet, uh, even though he had that amazing game last week against Washington. My fade is Christian McCaffrey. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, Let's go with my stack. You probably already know if you've listened to the show this far. I'm rolling the dice here with Geno Smith to Tyler Lockett because I love Tyler Lockett this week. I will also play DK Metcalf, but it's really about the combination of what those two players allow me to get with the rest of the lineup. So always keep that in mind. I'm certainly not saying they are the top stack of the week. Uh, As far as the chalk play, we're going to go Jamal Williams at running back for the Lions. Love his role and opportunity. Love this matchup for him. Value play, Richie James. I'm expecting him to have all the opportunity in the world. It's going to be Richie James and Saquon Barkley for the Giants. Love the spot for him. Contrarian play, Devontae Adams. Seems very weird to have Devontae Adams as a contrarian play. However, I don't think anyone's really going to play him that much. Uh, It's a late game. Not very many other late games on the slate have Stefan Diggs and some of the other big receivers early. 
I'm projecting Devontae Adams at 5% ownership on this slate. Certainly qualifies as a contrarian play. And then my fade, like you, Sia, we're fading Christian McCaffrey. I've already told you I want to bet on a number of players, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor for sure, but Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, I want to bet on them to outscore Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Not playing them at all this week. All right. I love it. Um, Real quick, 30 seconds on two two of your favorite captains in showdown tonight and two sneaky flexes. Uh, Favorite captain is going to be on the Bengals side, both of them. Jamar Chase, far and away, number one captain option. I have the hot take that this could be his number one individual best matchup of the season. The Dolphins blitz at a very high rate, but they also play the most man coverage in the National Football League. Two things. Chase loves, I'm calling it now, 75-yard slant to the house for Jamar Chase in this game. Uh, And then Joe Mixon. I expect a ton of opportunity for Joe Mixon, and the price point is incredibly friendly there. So those are the two captains. As far as flex, I wish I had them up in front of me still. I did not leave them pulled up. They are all up on Sportsline. I know the highest on flex I have is actually kicker Evan McPherson on the Bengals side. Love it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. We'll see you Tuesday. We actually got a funny we got a funny um, story to talk about on Tuesday too, beyond our early look and beyond our recap that Zach, is our producer, is going to talk about the Ford DMV. And I got a story about that too. So that's going to be a fun show. Uh, uh, we'll be here on Tuesday. But for now, this has been Fantasy Football Today DFS. And we'll see you next week. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.